0: The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This.
1: This is is AV Nation. Nation. This is AV Nation.
0: Welcome to XR Star, your monthly podcast where we talk all things extended reality and the metaverse. I'm your host, futurist Amelia Coleman. One of the things that's most exciting about the future of web3 and the metaverse is all the possibilities it opens up for creators. Since the invention of Napster in 1999 by someone who went to my high school, fun fact, recording artists have especially taken a beating when it comes to getting paid for their work. Today on Spotify, for example, it takes roughly 250 streams for an artist to earn just $1, which means that they need roughly 400,000 streams to earn the average monthly minimum wage. But now enter the NFT, a non-fungible token, or in other words, a digital asset that can be owned and tracked, bought and sold. Artists are using these blockchain assets as a way to cut out the middleman, reach new audiences, and make sure their work is rewarded. Last year, the artist Grimes made almost $6 million in 20 minutes by releasing 10 digital graphics accompanied with original music. Rapper Akon plans to release his next album as NFTs. And Snoop Dogg's Death Row Records now calls itself the first major label to be an NFT label. Meanwhile, luxury NFT site Delisier, is auctioning off 10% ownership of the rights to a Michael Jackson song. At Coachella, one of the largest and most popular music festivals in the world, they have unveiled an array of digital collectibles, including the opportunity to purchase lifetime festival passes, unlock on-site experiences, and win physical items. In the lead-up to the Grammys, Roblox hosted Grammy Week, sponsored by MasterCard. It featured virtual meet-and-greets, performances, games, digital merchandise, and even a red carpet. The previous week, Roblox hosted 10 million people for a concert for the rapper 24K Golden. So clearly, musicians and artists see these new technologies as a break from traditional music industry models. Most of the examples of people having success with these models so far, however, are artists who have long established fan bases gained from those traditional models. So for emerging artists, NFTs could offer a new way to raise financing and engage with fans. For example, Music Fund is a Web3 music community that finds funds and supports up and coming artists. It is an invite-only community where, by owning an NFT, you become a member and get to decide who the community funds and supports. Every month, members vote to donate Ethereum to three rising musicians. All this said, I still have a lot of questions about what this means for music fans and what it means for the industry as a whole. Lucky for me, today I am joined by Anne McKinnon, the co-founder and COO of Wristband, a music metaverse. She was also part of a recent mixed reality performance at South by Southwest that has been called the concert of the future. Welcome Anne, thank you so much for joining me. And thank you so much for having me today. So just to begin, would you mind telling us a little bit about yourself and your background?
1: Yeah, so I started my career as a journalist. I was very lucky to uh, be writing at a blog at a time where there's a lot, of, a lot of traction in the XR space. So I started going to a lot of different conferences and events. As a journalist, like yourself, I was very privileged to be able to speak with a lot of entrepreneurs, creatives, people just starting their career, people who had been leading huge companies uh, for many years. And to get a perspective of where everything was going and what was happening now, Uh, From there, I started consulting for startups in deep tech, anything from hand tracking and gesture recognition, computer vision, AR, VR, XR. Um, And from there, I came across uh, this XR event in Louis Blanche in Paris in 2017. And this is where I met my co-founder Roman Rapak and his band Mirror Shot. So what Mirror Shot did that was really unique and caught my attention is they brought an audience together in a physical space they had the audience in VR headsets and the band was physically present. Uh, there was uh, projection mapping, custom sense, haptics, and it was a short set, but it was, it was an experience that brought people together socially. It was mixed reality journey. So you had the people in VR headsets and then it transitioned to AR overlays and then it transitioned to fully virtual worlds. So you'd have this almost new experience of what it meant to explore music throughout different versions of reality. And I thought, OK, this is something special. It's bringing together all this amazing technology uh, that's happening right now and converging it in like a live multiplayer gaming experience, a culturally significant experience, a social experience. And from there, I started working with uh, their label at the time, which is Believe Records. And um, we were preparing for South by Southwest in 2020. So I know you just spoke about uh, the one we did this year, 2022, and everything was cancelled. So it was devastating. We experienced it firsthand, um, trying to release an album at that time. And it was it was really tough. Like all the venues were closed, the tour was canceled. I was still working with my clients on the other side of things um, as a consultant, helping startups through growth and acquisition on the market, content marketing side. And that was like two different perspectives of what was happening in the world. One, which is tech taking this huge leap in bound forward during the pandemic. The other, just the music industry, which had all the of the live completely cut um, which was it took out the core of what is live music which is bringing people together and that's when we started to think okay um, how can we like take what we've learned about bringing game engines into the real world and take everything we've learned about what makes an amazing experience in the live setting and into different virtual platforms we set off to use other virtual platforms uh, seeing what worked and what didn't And we found a lot of um, good things, a lot of challenging things that I'm sure we'll talk about a bit more and eventually launched uh, Wristband to create a platform that was really intended for creatives to perform live and that would fit in with the music industry and support artists, independent artists especially, in their careers.
0: Yeah, a, that's an amazing story. And I totally feel you about everything coming to a standstill. And I'm so sorry to hear that. Um, but hopefully it sounds like things are really picking up again. And I can't wait to hear about what is actually happening now and what's happening next. So um, with wristband, w- what is wristband and why did you decide to start it?
1: Yeah, so the reason we, I'll, I'll go quickly again to the reason why we decided to start it because i will inform what it is. And it was really when we had everyone reaching out to us, so from my co-founders, um, colleagues, or like, people who met throughout his career as a, an artist, reaching out and saying, hey, like, my tour is canceled, my venue's been shut down, I can't connect with my friends or my fans, um, I can't support my career anymore, uh, can you help us? Um, so that's why we started launched Wristband, to really think, okay, like, there's something here what, about, that's special about what's happening, in the online gaming communities and like multiplayer interactive gaming that's bringing this like new uh, demographic towards uh, live experiences uh, what happened with the Travis Scott and Fortnite Marshmallow and Fortnite showing that there's a huge demand um, for music and games but there is no platform specifically for music experiences like a lot of these were games occasionally hold music concerts but there's no ga- um, game platform where experience platform designed speci- uh, specifically for performance. So this is why we created Wristband. And I think about, um, if you try and imagine what Wristband looks like, I think sometimes this helps instead of saying it's a platform that does XYZ. Um, if you think about what it looks like, uh, it's, it's a big city, uh, interactive world access on your PC, mobile, um, uh, uh, Apple computer. VR will be later down the timeline just because of where the audience is right now. And you can walk in the city with your avatar. Uh, you can attend different uh, music experiences. We really try and stay away from 2D streaming. So there's different venues you can explore. There's different RPGs so role-playing game elements, much like Fortnite and like exploration games, like quests that you can go on. So we're trying to build this really vibrant experience around music because it's one thing to attend a concert in the real world, but we think about the power of game engines and how people interact in game experiences, that design is something completely different, so it doesn't work to go in and plonk your avatar somewhere and watch a 2D screen, you might, you might as well just go watch on YouTube. So we did loads of prototype events, seeing what this new format of music experience uh, was like. And we also came up with like a new kind of thesis, which is that we see not just artists as people who are breaking out this new uh, medium of entertainment in virtual worlds or virtual platforms, digital platforms but we consider every single creative as an influencer, whether you're like an NFT artist, a digital artist, a filmmaker, a host, a DJ, um, a band. I think everyone has a place in these performance based platforms, but none of them have had the tools or place before that's designed for their needs where they can really support their careers, build up following and create something that's integral to, um, to like, the, like their vision, their creative vision.
0: Amazing. Yeah, I was having a conversation last night, actually, about creativity and innovation coming out of lockdown. And, and I think you kind of have to look no further than the metaverse. I think that is kind of where it has turned to. And um, yeah, really exciting what is happening there with people coming together in new ways and then being able to entertain audiences in ways that we've never really done before. Um, very cool. So I wanted to touch back on the live experience because I know you guys just did um, South by Southwest and you had some of the most incredible reviews to come out of that entire festival. So congratulations on that. Um, can you tell us a bit about what the show was, how the technology was used, and also the
1: this was the launch event for Wristband, right? Yeah, it's a perfect uh, example to talk about, especially when you think, and now if we go like back to the definition of what Wristband is, a place where everyone can be an influencer, monetize their work in Web3, and connect with their audiences. Um, South by Southwest is such a perfect example. Uh, we're really um, lucky that Epic Games came across what we were doing super early on, and we received an Epic Mega Grant, and with those funds, we were able to really, like, deliver that first version of our platform in Unreal Engine. We've been using Unity before, but we're really uh, inspired by what Epic was doing uh, with were arti- how they were working with artists. Um, and they also build games with their engine, which I think is something that's really important to how we're looking at the future of this medium. I love Epic Games. I'm totally team Epic. <laughs> yeah, Unreal is incredible. Uh, so what we did at South by Southwest is... We basically had, uh, it was like two months, maybe even a month and a half from the time that we had the grant and then we hired an amazing team, small team, we had uh, five amazing developers. And I think a lot of the credit to this can go to them so if they're listening, huge thank you. And we were able to create the first kind of small version of what we see like the bigger version of Wristband uh, becoming. So we created uh, one venue and we had the wider City Escape so when you arrive in Wristband, you cross this bridge and you hear the voiceover of this actor, um, Eric Todd Dellens. He's also a voiceover actor in Fallout and some other amazing experiences. Um, so you walk across the bridge, this bridge listening to his voice and he's kind of telling you about uh, like this journey you're going to go on. Because we really focus on like, when you arrive there, the moment you arrive, you should have an experience, an idea of like, why you're there. A lot of other platforms you go into, you arrive and you're like, what the hell am I supposed to do? Um, and it's just like wander around this ghost town. So that was important to us. And then at the end of the bridge, we've already gone on this journey with this man. who's like, he's like, I'm there if you need me. And uh, the doors to the gallery open and you go in and we worked with 81 uh, NFT artists uh, from all around the world working at all different mediums. Some of them are like create oil paintings and take a picture of the oil painting and then mint that as NFT and then send you the like physical copy. Uh, We had um, artists like Max Cooper, who's also an audio visual artist and on top of like being a music artist. He, that was promoting um, around uh, his album. So we had all different different sorts of artists and creatives coming together in this platform um, to showcase their work. And you could explore the different areas. There's also elements of game design where there's like hidden Easter eggs. And you only had 10 minutes to explore the space. So it was really once you go in, you're on a mission to like have the most excitement you can. And it's all new novel because the other thing to you is like If you let people in for a huge period of time, it's like opening the doors to a one hour event for five hours. And then you kind of feel lost and making sure people had like a purpose for this really early event. And then in the physical world, South by Southwest in Austin, um, the South by Southwest team is another team that have really like we couldn't have done it without them. They've been so supportive since first before we were ever wristband. Uh, when Mayor um live year cancer concert and tour was canceled in 2020, and they're supposed to go to the U.S., they invited us back uh, this year, not only as the band but also as the startup. And it's provided a venue um, and lots and lots of support. So um, on Monday at South by, we had the Hideout Theater, and we had like two and a half thousand people like show up to try. We couldn't like get everyone in throughout the night. We like even made. Uh, we did multiple showcases throughout the night so we could get as many people in as possible. We had a hundred people uh, in VR headsets in, a, in the cinema and the band on stage, And they'd come in and then have this mixed reality experience that would happen at the same time in wristband. And this idea is that like, we're not here to replace live events and there's there's something really special about live events. So when you have something online, it should be a portal to what's happening in the real world, like a window where People in their physical venue can see a screen that shows people in the virtual world and people in the virtual world can look into the physical venue. But also offering something new that the uh, people at the physical venue don't actually get to experience. So it's almost like you're not missing out, but you're getting something new and different. And that's what was really exciting about this um, experience we had at South by it saw all the artists going in and taking like selfies with their uh, artwork and sharing on social media. So it was an amazing experience and a, a great first look at at the potential for communities to thrive within wristband. Yeah, that's great. And I also really love your focus on
0: the user experience. I think that's so important and making people feel comfortable within these spaces and to, to give them a grasp at what, you know, how to be present and, and what to expect and kind of, you know, we do need a bit of handholding at this time, I think, to make people feel comfortable with what's going on. Um, can you tell us a bit about the audience, like your typical kind of audience and, and um, who attends wristband shows and stuff?
1: Yeah, I think, like, there's, there's, uh, there's been a lot of great conversation around this because we really have to think about not, not necessarily what's happening just now, but what's going to happen in, like, five years and ten years. And the artists who are coming into wristband are people who are already really interested in this medium. So it doesn't make sense for all artists. But there's also a huge wealth of opportunity for hundreds and thousands of indie creators who just don't have this access point who are Ariana Grande or Travis Scott um, or like the artists who've been featured in Roblox. And they need an entry point into the metaverse. So we also have lots of kids who are growing up in Roblox but now need to monetize their work and have a professional uh, platform where it's meant for them to build their careers, but also people can act, like participate on a more um, hobbyist level and be a part of the community. So when we think of, okay, if we're looking at how can we support the live uh, events industry, and not just for music, but a broader scope, like South by Southwest and other festivals that are across XR space, um, we think, well, look, there's there's only a certain amount of people who can, in a physical geographic area, buy a ticket to that. What if it's sold out? But what if you're on the other side of the world? Like we had people in our prototype events coming from uh, the Philippines that'd be getting up at 8 a.m. and people in Argentina who'd be like their evening and they'd like hang out and become friends. So you have this like really like cultural experience too where you meet people who might not meet at the the live event. Um, But when you think of, okay, what's the advantage to people who have a live event? Okay, they can extend it to an audience in the metaverse. And who is that audience? I think there's two primary markets here. One is... People who are your live events enthusiasts or your, like, super fans who might not be able to go or maybe they couldn't buy a ticket, they're outside the geographic area and they just want to be a part of this event and support the artists that they love or maybe discover new artists. And the other market is uh, gamers. They've been in virtual worlds for ages. This is nothing new to them. And I think this is where it comes to be super important, as you said, to have experienced design Otherwise, there's no purpose for people to be in this space. Um, so they are want to have interactive experiences, social experiences. They want to have a purpose there. So kind of giving them something to do. It has to be more than just a passive experience. Like when we define what is a virtual concert, I think it has to be live. It has to be, otherwise, you know, you're just watching a video. Um, it has to be interactive more than just a, an emoji or a text. You have to be able to say hello to your friend or capture that excitement of like, getting to the venue and like saying, hey, like, look, you're wearing my favorite band's t-shirt, like, are you going to their show tonight? So all those things about those um, kind of spontaneous social interactions that you get like itself by, you bump into someone on the corner you haven't seen in a couple of years and that really makes it exciting and memorable. And when you type, tap into memory, that's when you know you've created a great experience because something came out of that that made them feel a certain way that stays with them for a long time. And when you capture that, I think then you're onto something.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, that kind of gave me goosebumps. I absolutely agree. Um, One thing you mentioned that I wanted to go into a bit more is emerging artists. So a lot of the kind of examples I've seen, especially around NFTs, are people who have an established fan base already, and they're able to then leverage that into these new technologies. But I'm really interested to hear from you how emerging artists can use technologies like blockchain, NFT, crypto tokens, and of course the metaverse to um, engage with new fans and create their initial fan base and get their message out
1: yeah i think you're encountering almost the same problem you do on spotify which is how can you have your voice heard when there's 80,000 people uploading tracks every day and you're completely right that a lot of a lot of the challenge with tech is that you're making richer people richer or making famous people more famous uh, so it's, it's definitely a challenge of how can you how can you balance this out and provide an opportunity to your up and coming um, artists, independent creatives? And um, I'll get to NFTs in, in a sec, but I think it's important also to describe like, how we've built the Wristband City, which is at the core, it's like Wristband Central, if you think of the city, the downtown area, and this is where you have like highly curated events. You have like your bigger buildings and bigger venues and bigger brands and some bigger acts, and then you have Middletown, And this is maybe like, you know, your indie labels, like bands are relatively well known, have done some tours, Uh, maybe your influencers, like NFT galleries, or like maybe there's a Saatchi gallery or uh, the Seattle NFT museum. And on the outskirts, so like the third section of wristband, this is called underground. And these venues will have like open mic nights or auditions or like talent scouting. And this is kind of once you start building your fan base there and like a part of that is also learning how to perform in this new medium and when you create a great performance you're going to start building your following and when you start like filling up the venues then you start to unlock your bigger venues and maybe you make it into middle town then you make it into central so it's a whole idea of progression and then what i think is great about tokens which is i guess the currency of some of these platforms um, and then out of t's is that there should be they kind of incentivize people to be a part of this ecosystem and i think this is what is lacking in a lot of um, 2D marketplaces or like uh, Spotify uh, that's an aggregator of content is you don't have this ecosystem where uh, you're balancing out the discovery and you're having artists who are really known like just like in a major festival you have artists everyone knows but you also have your indie artists and that those like bigger artists attract fans the new artists but also give something new because they discover something that's exciting so that's kind of like this nice circle of of energy and like fandom and I think the same if we create that ecosystem in wristband and you reward people for going to the underground and if they purchase that artist NFT and then by the time they get to central that NFT is going to be worth a lot more uh, so it gives the fans incentive to be a part of the artist career um, and have this like really strong relationship with them and also like an incentive not only to go to their shows but to say maybe support them with other opportunities by saying, Hey, look in real life, um, there's this venue that I know and they would love to have you. Can I connect with your manager or are you looking for management? I oh, like I'm a label or I'm an A&R. Um, can I introduce you to the team? So I think this is a really great way that uh, NFTs and token economy within different platforms can help balance out um, the ecosystem and also bring this organic dis- sense of discovery back to, back to, um, back to music.
0: Yeah, really cool. And this might be a bit of a deaf question, but um, so w- if people are buying NFTs to uh, sort of invest in an artist, how does that impact an artist's personal revenue stream? Do they get a cut of what's being invested or do they, does it happen on the other end? How do, just Can you fill me in a bit more about that?
1: Yeah, so I can't speak for all platforms, um, but I think a lot of them, like the uh, NFT marketplaces, super rare, rareable, mincible, um, uh, they'll take like a 2 to 3% cut. Um, so the artist will take the rest. And I think the same thing will be within wristband. Like we'll take a transaction fee, probably around 5% um, on all the transactions that take place, but the rest can go to the artist. And I think, again, this is an incentive for us to attract a lot of users, but also like a great attraction for artists because they're being fairly rewarded for all the super hard work they're doing. Like I know as a, having a, um, an artist as a co-founder, how much work goes into breaking yourself as an indie and it's not easy. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, NFTs are great in that sense. But I also know we talked about the middlemen earlier and I think there, there's two sides to this, because when we look at like Spotify, that's completely unfair. And it's impossible, as you said in your introduction, to sustain your career and you're not getting that value for um, like the years of work you might have put into an album. Um, but when you look at what like, some of those middlemen might be, which is like your managers and your label, I think once you start establishing your career, they serve a really important role. Like as a creator, you want to focus on your artwork and your art form and your performance and interacting with your fans. So to have a team that can handle your marketing, uh, that can bring opportunities, that can like route your, your, um, uh, your concerts, uh, that's like, and like do partnerships with brands. That's something that you probably don't want to be too involved in as an artist. So that's same with wristband, like there should be a place for every single role Uh, that exists in the real world within wristband, and we want to be inclusive of uh, people within um, the industry, not just the artists or influencers, but also their teams. But if you are an independent, then, yep, you can absolutely start your career in wristband and build it up and connect with uh, some of these bigger teams when you're ready for it.
0: That's such a good point. I know uh, I used to be in a couple of bands in New York back in the day. We used to have flyers, and we would just give them to every single person that we met. And is there going to be that kind of equivalent in rich, wristband of flyering yeah. people at venues?
1: I actually love that you brought this up. It's like the, what the things that happen, and like within our prototype events, and like the suggestions we get from our community, or like hearing like exactly like you when like I didn't I didn't realize you played in bands, and that's so awesome. Um, I know you're like, you're a singer and a dancer, I think. Yeah. yeah. Not a great singer, um, more of a dancer, but yeah. 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 Backup singer. I like to say. Oh yeah. I can't sing to save my life. So I admire everyone else, everyone else's work. Um, but yeah, there's, so another factor, which is really interesting in web three is this play to earn mechanic. And we often get asked like, why are you doing a token launch and what benefit will it bring to your community? Because often there's like that issue of trust, which is, are you doing this just to like, grab cash and then pull the rug, or are you actually gonna create something that's um, genuine? So uh, with this play-to-earn economy, you have this great, again, like this economic and social loop within the platform where people are purchasing the token, that token increases in value, they purchase things in your platform with that token, so you get a great value. And then you also reinvest some of that back into your platform through the play-to-earn, which in turn, people are more involved and more incentivized to be part of your platform. And things as simple as like, having these posters and of course it won't be unlimited because you don't want people to like cover everything in posters in your, in your, um, city, but to have like, okay, like for this show, they have a thousand posters and they can run around and stick them to the poster boards and maybe it's the community that helps out and they get like little token points, uh, that rewards them for helping out this indie artist. Um, and it's more points for like an indie artist and like less points for a big artist. So that, again, it incentivizes, um, this like support, uh, circle. A cycle and yeah there's there's a lot of fun things you can do to to um, within within a music and experience platform yeah very
0: cool Um, I always like to ask this question because I think that technology has huge opportunities but there can also be drawbacks and there can also be risks do you see any drawbacks for artists when it comes to these technologies that that people need to be aware of
1: Yeah, I think not understanding how uh, the economics work within a platform and also especially for younger users who can be taken advantage of or don't really understand the value they're providing uh, maybe to agencies. Um, Like I I know there is one article in The Guardian that talking about Roblox's empire built on child labor, Um, which I don't think is the case uh, for everything. But I think certainly is a really challenging thing to protect when you have the majority of our audience under 16 years old. And there's a lot of people, kids in there, who are building things, who are okay with the like the like not being financially rewarded, as someone else might expect who's a professional, because they're kids and they might be used to getting $5 of pocket money, so if they get $10 that's great. But for an influencer or someone who's trying to support their career and they put in $100 and they get $20 out of that after purchasing the token, having a transaction fee, having the platform cut, than having percentage of their like of the what the value they create taken by the platform as a commission, and then they end up with twenty dollars. Then that doesn't make sense whatsoever. So I think being aware of of what you're actually getting from a platform is really important. Um, I also think that on the other end uh, to be aware of like what you're offering your fans with the NFT is important. So again, like I think with any technology, it's asking why why tech like if you're doing a vr experience why vr if you're doing ar why ar and if there's not a reason for it to be there then it's probably not best to use it um so if you're using a platform like wristband i think the same thing is like not to dump um or like not to bring any single one of your uh artists into wristband but those who are really you know invested in um connecting with their audience online and really want to try and pioneer in this new era of entertainment and i think This is where we see things really exciting and really novel uh, that could only be possible when Web3 platforms come to life. So where
0: do you think it's all going to go in about 10 years from now? Are musicians and artists going to mostly be making a living through doing virtual concerts? Or do you think um, there'll be a mix of of live and virtual? What do you think it's going to look like in 10 years from now?
1: Yeah, I think we're going through a really transformational period right now. Um, or paradigm shift where there's definitely an era of artists who are have grown up maybe without cell phones, um, and they this like they probably still like live is the best medium for them. And they might ask, okay, what does it even make sense for me to perform in the metaverse? Is my fan base there? Are the younger fans going to be interested? Um, but there's also this entirely new generation that's grown up like with with every single tool you can think of that's out there and it's just really natural for them especially people who are growing up gaming, um, growing up with digital assets and they have these digital assets almost have the same value to them as physical assets. Uh, so I think I think maybe not our generation but the next generation this is where we're, g- we're going to see like completely new things take place. I think every single medium to some extent mirrors the medium of the past like Radio uh, would probably have, like, uh, you know, replicated just your talking head podium before you got the interactive um, conversations. And then, like, the call-ins. And then you have TV, which was probably a lot like talking heads on radio. And then you got these, like, TV shows and, like, theater coming in in a new, like, sense. And then gaming, I think, completely changed that. And now that you see music, gaming, like, immersive theater... Um, comedy all coming into web 3 and the metaverse we're going to see a completely new art form take place yeah it's really exciting the possibilities that
0: um that may come from all of this Um, One question I have that I'm sort of asking everybody I talk to at the moment, so you'll have to excuse me, I'm a bit on one, is the environmental impact of all these new technologies. So I I consult with a lot of companies who are saying, oh, I'm going to be net zero by 2025 or 2030. But I want to get into blockchain, and I want to get into the metaverse, and I want to get into crypto. And we know that these have big carbon footprints. So just what are your thoughts as the leader of a metaverse you know, on this topic and how we can turn it into something that's positive for the environment instead of potentially negative?
1: Yeah, I think both in live and in metaverse, there's, there's things we can do um, to make things more envir- environmentally friendly. So for example, just in the real world, we can use like biodegradable bags or you know have recycling um, try and use like the least uh, CO2 emitting flight which I know like Google Flights has now on every single flight that you're looking at Uh, so there's ways to be more environmentally friendly and in the metaverse I think the thing that has come up a lot is um, with blockchain how a lot of the um, different networks can take a lot of processing power and this is because of proof of stake versus proof of work which is essentially how these different transactions are verified in a decentralized manner. So uh, one takes up a lot of energy and the other uh, doesn't take up a lot of processing energy just because of the the way that's performed. So you can also choose a blockchain like Polygon uh, that is environmentally friendly and very uh, energy uh, conscientious. So I think when we're making these decisions about how we're building our platform and the tech stack of the metaverse and like looking at I think every single company to remain relevant needs to continue innovating every day. And if there's a point where they think they're done innovating, they probably won't survive. And I think when we're approaching like the metaverse and experience design and community engagement and like diversity, um, I think every single day we should be thinking new ways to innovate and to make the world a better place through what we're building.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. It's always good to be looking towards the future and innovating and um, pivoting a bit. I know for me, you know, I am a futurist and I study this stuff every day. But I think it's one of the things I love about my job is that there's always something new to learn, you know. And I love talking to people like you who, who are an expert in these areas and I get to learn from you about it. Um, so what is next for wristband and for
1: yourself? Well, first, we, t- we take a lot of inspiration from you. <laughs> um, I know that I think you're one of the first people to cover what my co-founder was doing with his band uh, when he first started doing the live VR concerts. And there's definitely a lot of inspiration drawn from that. So thanks for all the work you're doing in this space too. Oh, thanks. And in terms of where Wristband is going, we're super early stage. We have a lot of hard work to do, but we have an amazing community and amazing people supporting us. Our vision is to have a platform that is built for the people who are using it. And again, like anyone who is a creative is an influencer, whether you're an NFT artist, a music artist, an actor, a voiceover artist, a DJ host, a radio host, a podcast host, or a futurist. There's all sorts of things that you can do in a performance-based platform. And I think having a platform that's designed specifically for uh, you to host live experiences, to monetize your work in a really fair and transparent way, to engage with your audience and build your following and connect with Professional um, teams that can help you support your career, and having this really like this economy within your platform that's all based around incentivizing like support for independent artists and up and coming artists. Um, I think this is something that that it's going to take a lot of years to to continue to do, and it's a it's a kind of a forever forever job <laughs> that will evolve. But really really excited to it, and um, every day someone drops into our Discord and we say hello. We hear a new story, and that's become a part of the journey.
0: Yeah, when you said that, I was thinking to myself, I th- I've thought that my days of owning burlesque nightclubs are over, but maybe I'll own one on your platform in the metaverse one day.
1: That would be amazing. <laughs> I think that would, be, that would be amazing.
0: So my final question, and i like to close with this one, is looking at the bigger picture of XR in the metaverse for a minute, what is your biggest hope for the future of the industry? And then what is also your biggest fear for the future of the industry?
1: My biggest hope, um, if we look at the emergence of the internet and kind of what it promised to be, which is that everyone could have their voice and everyone could have their place. And uh, because of the way platforms evolved, we kind of all, almost like our voice would go far, but it wouldn't make a big impression because that, you know, there's there's you kind of get lost in, in the sense of you're not embodied, you're just another two liner up on Twitter. So, um, I mean, in the same way that Shopify gave everyone a storefront in the brick and mortar world, and then you have like the metaverse, which is now like the next uh, layer of the internet that also is a layer over reality. When you think of the metaverse, I think that's also augmented reality, virtual reality. Like my computer is a portal into a 3D world, so it's a portal into the metaverse. We, we can go back to what the internet promised, which is this freedom and this voice and this like bringing your global, like creating your global village. And I think we can, this is like the biggest opportunity we've had since the internet to make positive change in our world, um, especially when it comes to like diversity and accessibility and cultural exchange and like benefiting people. like balancing that economic scale so that people who are just up and coming have the same opportunities as someone who um, may have grown up with with a bit more um, support on the financial side. Uh, So I'm really excited about all the opportunity we have, but I think at the same time, because the way business models work and competition, there's a lot of pressure to deliver things quickly and to focus on the financial return. And I think for any founder, it can probably be quite stressful, but I think that um, you should always like, I know we draw a lot from building a team around us who share our vision and are really supporting. And I think in the long term, it might take a bit longer together, but, or maybe not because we've got people who support us and believe in us, supporting us, but uh, I think that it'll make something that is really meaningful in the long term and connect people and, and like, and then create more value for the company and for the people who are using it.
0: For sure, and you have a great team, lots of creative people, and I love to hear that um, Epic Games have backed you and recognized that as well. I think they're great to their developers and creators, and it sounds like you guys are even passing that on to the creators in your own platform in Metaverse, which is really inspiring to hear. So if people want to come and see MirrorShot Live or to experience wristband through the platform or to just get in touch and follow you on social media, what's the best way for people to get involved?
1: Yeah. So my co-founder's name is Roman Rappek, and his band is MirrorShot, uh, M-I-R-O space S-H-O-T. And uh, he can be found at MirrorShot.com. Uh, he's also on LinkedIn, on Twitter. And then uh, me and McKinnon, uh, wristband is at wristband.co. And we're super active in our Discord. You can also find that link on Twitter at, at Inc. is our handle. And we're always welcome people to reach out to us and excited to connect. And thank you for hosting us today, melian for giving us the opportunity to share our story.
0: Oh, it's my pleasure. You're right. I have been a fan for years now. And I've, I've kind of believed in it and gone it from the start. And I love to see you guys doing your thing and doing well. And I wish you every bit of success. And thank you so much for joining me today. And thank you so much for listening and watching at home. See you next month.